Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Rut Podcast, a weekly podcast about inspiring and equipping you to make your own path and live the life you've all dreamed of beyond the rut. I'm your host, Jerry Dugan, and I have with me the other host, Brandon Cunningham. Brandon, say hi to folks and tell everybody what you did to your beard. Good morning, folks, even though it's evening. I'll pretend like I'm on another side of the planet. There you I go. actually had a Duck Dynasty beard, and now it's gone. <laughs> yeah, you were starting to scare me with that thing. Um, and, and Liv actually wanted to celebrate, my wife wanted to celebrate when you shaved your beard off. <laughs> okay. And we actually have a special guest with us, uh, Benjamin Hardy. He is a foster parent of three epic kids, pursuing his PhD in industrial and organizational psychology at Clemson University. His work's been featured on uh, places like Psychology Today, Huffington Post, Business Insider, New York Observer, uh, and then Brandon, you actually found him on a place called Medium, reading an article called 10 Habits That Change Boys Into Men, and you introduced me to him through 8 Things You Should Do Before 8 A.M., and this guy is the reason why I eat peanut butter on toast with a glass of milk and <laughs> Greek yogurt in the morning, uh, but I skip the cold shower, and that's Benjamin Hardy. Benjamin, how are you doing? Doing awesome. Thank you for having me. Hey, thanks for joining us. I never could get the cold shower th- thing down either. I-, I did it for the 30 days. We did a challenge a couple of years ago now, and, and we did it all for 30 days, and I st- still can't quite get into that groove. Do you still do that every day? Absolutely, yeah. Um, I think the easiest way to do it, because when you... So I turn the knob completely on cold, and if you let the water just hit your head, it's really cold, because uh, it's coldest when it immediately comes out of the shower. So I let it hit my chest, then go back and let it hit my back. And I don't know. It's what How I look at it is I look at it like it's jumping in a swimming pool. Uh, eventually, you get used to it. It's not that big a deal. Eventually, after 30 seconds, you're pretty used to it. Yeah, it's at 30 seconds that could kill you, though. (laughs) (laughs) The funny thing I think it's good for you. (laughs) Definitely. Uh, And there are studies that show that that boosts your immune system. Uh, It definitely wakes you up. And in my case, if I were to do it, it would wake my wife up, too, because I'd be screaming so loudly. Yeah, I I believe in it because even though I don't do it, I, I do it every once in a while. But you think about it up until, I don't know, maybe 50 years ago, there were no such things as, as you know, water heaters or anything. So <laughs> got us through the first million years, you'd think we'd still be doing it. Yeah, I think that every day you should put yourself through a little bit of physical torture. Uh, I had a friend who I worked out with last week and he showed me a plank, just a regular workout plank. Mm. He's not in very good shape and he planked for like eight minutes and... wow. After about a minute, he started kind of shaking and convulsing, and he just held it out for like eight minutes of just pure torture and pain. And he said that, you know, and he's a really smart guy, and he said, that was the hardest thing I'm going to do today. And after I watched him do that, <laughs> it was pretty easy to go take a cold shower. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just like, all right, uh, I think you should do something like that every day. I think it makes you mentally stronger. I think that's why I really enjoyed your writing on Medium because just just your basic concept of challenging yourself. You know, you're you're good at something, but 
go do something you're not good at. Go try something you haven't mastered yet. And I actually was having a text conversation with a friend of mine today about he's in a job. It's a good job. And that's basically what our podcast is about. People that are just comfortable, but they get in that rut. And he said, you know, I hadn't challenged myself with anything. And uh, he's not in great shape, but uh, and he's pretty lazy and he'll listen to this. He'll know exactly who I'm talking about. But his words, not mine. But I said, you should just go sign up for a race, just some sort of physical race in like six months and then just go do it. And if you finish dead last, that's fine, whatever. But, you know, you challenge yourself. And he agreed, you know, go on a big hike, do something that you're not already good at. That's what that's what I loved about your initial writing that I when I found Joe Medium. One of the things when I was telling Jerry, I said, you know, and, and I got this guy and I, I, I told him a little bit about you, but I said, you know, I'd send him some research on you. And so if you just uh, Google Ben Hardy, that's a 25 year old British actor. And, and that's apparently not you, but he's doing pretty good himself. If he wants to come on, we'll talk to him too. But better Benjamin's <laughs> hiding his accent really well. <laughs> <laughs> I think what, like Jerry said, what really got me was your uh, 10 habits that change boys into men. I have four boys and one girl. And uh, so that really struck me as, as a problem in society. We we're not growing boys into men. We're growing 25 and 30 year old boys. And that's not helpful. So talk yeah, a little bit about your inspiration and where you kind of went with that. The reason I wrote that article is because <clears> – <throat> So I grew up in a troubled experience. My my youth, I guess my teenage years were pretty troubled. I my parents got divorced. My dad became a drug addict, and uh, me and my friends we just didn't really worry that much about school. I mean, we missed more school than we went to. We spent all of our time playing video games, and um, we just weren't really progressing and evolving as people. And I just, I became sick of it after about a year of it because after I graduated high school, uh, I spent another year basically just doing nothing. And, and most of my friends did the same thing. I mean, we maybe started a little bit of college, worked part-time jobs, weren't really doing anything. And I, I became sick of it. And so I decided to leave, go away. I served a mission for my church, came back and was kind of stunned to see that uh, most of my friends were still doing the same thing. And so I decided to not go to the same college as all my friends. I decided to go away and go to a different college uh, just because I wanted to surround myself with new people. Ended up graduating from college, getting married. Now I've moved away and I'm doing a PhD. And most of my friends are still just doing the same thing, still playing lots of video games, still just kind of not really, not really growing up and... So I, just, I wrote that article kind of out of frustration because <laughs> I see it everywhere. Uh, I mean, my younger brother, for example, he's two years younger than me. He's 25, and he's, he's still in the same place. He doesn't know who he is, doesn't know where he's going, has no purpose in life, and just he hasn't reached that threshold of kind of deciding he's a man. I don't, I, I'm not really – I don't need to define it in a masculine way, but – he just yeah. he hasn't kind of reached that stage of maturity where he can move forward and be, just do what he wants to do. He's still a kid. He still lives at my dad's house. <laughs> yeah, I think that's key. Is it, it like you said? It's not a you know a, a masculine kind of go kill an animal and drag it home type of thing. It's just when do you decide you're your own person? And boys really can't just uh, grow into that. They need to be pushed into it, or in some way. I always use the analogy of the mother eagle kicks the baby eagles out of the nest. It's like you have to learn how to fly, not because I'm mean, but because the world will kill you if you don't learn how to fly. You've got to be able to take care of yourself, and that's what I really found interesting about that article. 
yeah, I guess in most cultures until recently, there was always kind of a test to prove yourself as a man, whether it was go out and, you know, kill animals to provide for your family or, or something. But recent culture has kind of diminished the role of, you know, men growing up and doing that. And so a lot of men just don't view themselves as needed in society, so they don't show up. And it used to be really embarrassing to say you were 20 years old and living with your parents, but now there's 30-year-olds living with their parents in their basement and saying, oh, we're roommates. No, <laughs> you can't be roommates with your parents. That's not true. So so where do you live now and what do you do on a, like a daily basis? As I, I know you write on Medium about every 15 minutes, so I'm sure that's <laughs> probably not really true, but uh, you write a lot. So I'm assuming that's where you focus most of your attention. Yeah, so – um, I live in Clemson, South Carolina. This is where I'm doing my PhD. It's kind of out in the boonies of <laughs> Northern South Carolina. There's not much out here. We're about two hours away from Atlanta. And I spend about 15 hours a week on my schooling. So that involves just going to class, doing research for my dissertation. And then I spend probably 15 or 20 hours a week writing articles or books. And aside from that, you know, I exercise every day, probably read or listen to on audiobook one or two books a week, write my journal a lot and just hang out with my foster kids. I don't work after 3 p.m. Awesome. So yeah, I, I get up early about 5.30 or 6 and you've read my morning routine post, <laughs> but yeah, I just, I get up early. I leave, do my work early and get done with my day about 2.30 or 3 o'clock and I'm done. One of the things that uh, kind of struck me is, is, is you're young and you've, you've accumulated a lot of followers and stuff on uh, Medium, but you've done other things. I know Jerry just mentioned as we were getting ready for this podcast that he downloaded your book and was uh, reading through it. And Jerry, I know you had a couple of points you wanted to mention about that book that you really liked. Oh, I was just admiring the fact that it, one, it was called Slipstream Time Hacking. I was like, so Slipstream. Uh, at first, I thought it was a reference to the Mark Hamill movie from the 90s. Probably never saw it. Um, I didn't have much of a life as a kid. I watched a lot of movies. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, right off the bat in the acknowledgments, I, I was telling Brandon, this guy made a reference to the movie Interstellar. And the first few chapters are just all about you know, getting from point A to point B through wormholes and you know, really shortening the distance uh, so that you're traveling greater distances in less time. And I, I didn't really have a point that I can think of right off the top of my head. I just remember I was admiring that and, and just the idea that, you know, if you have a 10 year goal, why not knock that out in one to two years? You know, you just freed up about nine years worth of life. You can now pursue something bigger and greater. And, uh, and I got a feeling after four chapters, I'm about to get in some of the meteor, you know, practical steps. And, uh, anyway, I, I just love it. I'm, t- I'm definitely getting my money's worth out of that book. And, you know, well, I mean, you gave it away for free, but, <laughs> but I'm, you I'm got putting, what you paid for on yes. that one. Uh, <laughs> Don't ask for a refund. But I am invest time in it and I'm loving it. it it's a good book. So, uh, I'm, I'm giving my uh, official endorsement right here. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. The book is, uh, it's kind of like a parable really. I mean, it's, you know, I base it on a lot of sci-fi ideas and it's really supposed to be a mind bender. You know, it's, it's not supposed to define reality. It's supposed to say, define your own reality. Here are some people that are doing things pretty interestingly. You can you can do things interestingly yourself, you know. Just like you said, that idea of getting accomplishing your 10-year goal in six months came from Peter Thiel. That's actually a quote that he has is just, how can I accomplish my 10-year goals in six months? And the reason I wrote the book is because I feel like I've dropped through some wormholes, uh, which for me is what I call a shortcuts or luck or whatever you just... I call it falling into your own future where 
you know, I've just had experiences both mentally, spiritually, and just also just like financially where I just ended up landing where I'm supposed to be a lot quicker than I really, you know, a lot quicker. Mm -hmm. Um, And so as a result, I ended up surrounding myself with a lot older people, Uh, was a lot more comfortable, related a lot more with people in their 40s, 50s who are further along in life than I felt comfortable with people my own age. So it's just kind of, I like the idea of wormholes. I like the idea of looking for them. I think they're everywhere. And I think people can, can skip a lot of the more traditional steps if they're actually looking for it and are willing to, uh, first off, believe in it, but then go for it. That's a great point. I, I know somebody, and I don't remember who said this, but said, you know, the best way to learn is through other people's experiences. So it's like taking the shortcut of, I found out the 10 things you did wrong. I'm not going to do those 10 things. I'm going to speed my journey up a little bit. Uh, I I know we talked about you writing a lot. And and I think that's one of the things that uh, really intrigued me about you is I read your writing before I found out how young you were. And uh, I thought, wow, this this guy's wisdom is a little beyond where he's supposed to be. So some interesting things must have happened there. Um, and I'd been reading a lot of your articles on Medium because I really like Medium. I think it's a, a great way to write and to discover interesting people. It's it's very clean. It's not – you don't have to look really hard. There's not a lot of other fluff. But you've got uh, – what are you up to? About 25,000 followers now or a lot more? I don't even remember. remember uh, I think I'm up to 29,000 now. 29. What, what, do you, what was the most clicked on or commented article? Oh, by far my morning routine article. Oh, okay. And and was did it surprise you that it was that? Did you think it would be something else? So I started really blogging back in April of last year. So about a year ago almost, a little less than a year. And I took a blogging course, uh, John Marlowe's blogging course, if you haven't heard of it, Guest Blogger. And after I wrote that, I just started pitching articles to random personal development blogs. And I was just writing. I wasn't, I wasn't really researching articles. I wasn't really trying to make them perfect. I was just trying to do as much output as possible and just pitching as many articles as possible. And then John Morrow, he sometimes puts on competitions. And he said, if, if you write a great article and you win this competition, I'll share it with my email list. And I think he's probably got like 100,000, 200,000 <laughs> subscribers. I don't really know how many he's got. And I was just like... And it was in in response to that that I decided to write my morning routine article. And so I didn't pitch it somewhere else. I just put it on my own blog because I wanted him to share it on his email list. And so simultaneously, I just put it on Medium. And I had no expectation that it would blow up like it did. You know, it <laughs> it, it was I think it's the number two. I don't know. It's probably I know it's top three most viewed articles on Medium. I think, and it was top. Two, it was the second most viewed article on New York Observer last year as well. So I mean, it, I mean, it was kind of all over the place. It's been on a hundred like a hundred plus platforms. I, I I still get emails every day of people saying, you know, that article changed their life, and That's I had no. I mean, I was I was frustrated and I was excited when I wrote it. I had a lot of energy when I wrote that article, but I didn't I didn't plan on it doing what it did. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use Capshow to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content, like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into Capshow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. Capshow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people 
on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. That's really key, and that's what we talk a lot about on our podcast is just get to work, do the work. And, and what clearly you can tell about you is you write for you. You're not yeah. trying to make uh, somebody go, oh, well, that, that Ben's a great guy. That's, I agree with that point. It's like it's all just coming out of you, and that can make all the difference in the world. Clearly, by your success, that, that's been the case. Yeah, I, I genuinely try to just write for myself. I write what I I write articles that I want to read and I actually this may sound conceited and it's not, but I read my articles more than I read anyone else's articles. <laughs> I I just if I want to read something, I often just go back and read something I've written. Um mm. and that's why I write and a lot of people I don't know, I've been, you know, as as you've mentioned or in maybe future questions, I've been getting a lot of hate lately. A lot of people <laughs> have been questioning my motivations for why I write and I mean, the truth is I, I do just write for myself. I mean, I hope to inspire other people. I yeah. hope that the articles do well and that, you know, I'm not afraid of admitting that I want to be successful. I don't know very many writers who don't want to be <laughs> successful. Yeah. I don't know very many writers who don't want to have a lot of readership. So, I mean, obviously, I'm strategic with how I position my writing, with how I package it, with how I title it. And, you know, I mean, I do try to create an emotional experience for people, but... Well, For me, yeah, I'm writing what I want to say. I'm writing what I want to live myself. That's That was definitely my next uh, question or point is, is that's when you really know you've made it. When somebody dedicates a little bit of time and energy to just uh, bashing on you. And uh, I won't use the guy's right? name because uh, personally, and Jerry and I talked about this before we started, I kind of felt like he was a bit of an idiot because he criticized you for not being original and being selfish and your intentions were bad, but he copied about 90% of what you write and then what some other people wrote in order to write his article. So none of his was original at all, but I love the fact he dedicated it. But what really drew me into his article was the first line. And it said, if Tony Robbins, Seth Godin and Gary Vanderchuk had a man child and unleashed him on medium, he would be Benjamin Hardy. And I, I think what he missed was that's a huge compliment. I mean, it is. I was like, I love all those guys. Yeah. <laughs> those guys are like my heroes. <laughs> well, that's what I thought. If somebody used my name in a sentence with those three guys, I'd be like, I made it. I'm good. Yeah, seriously. I feel like the secret's out. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you could get them to all endorse me too, that'd be awesome. I mean, but his, his article was and another thing he kind of criticized you about was was your titles. And you said, you know, you're strategic because, you know, I've never met anyone that said, you know, I hope to live in a box and be poor and starve to death. They they want to be successful. You hope to make enough money to live the life you want to live. But he, uh, he accused you of some of your titles were intentional to get people to click on them. And I thought, well, yeah, of course they are. Everybody's at CNN, Fox. They all do that. But his was titled Stop Benjamin Hardy. <laughs> I just thought. So he's name the dropping. The only reason <laughs> anybody read it was because that was the title. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, I think what was obvious in his article is that he's never written for a real platform. I mean, Medium is a no bar of entry. Anyone can publish there. If he had written for, you know, an actual platform, he would know that they would not publish your stuff if it didn't have an SEO title. I mean, 
Yeah. Clicks are what matter to the big platforms, not reads. I mean, right. uh, obviously they hope people read and love the content, but they get money per, per click. And oh, yeah. obviously for me, I want a lot of clicks. And then my my own personal challenge is is to surprise people with how good the content is. I mean, I want my articles to just blow people away. But yeah, I do want people to click on them. I want people to get in there. And I like my content so much that I'm willing to do clickbait titles. I'm willing to have emotionally stimulating introductions. <laughs> I'm willing to do listicles. You know, I'm yeah. willing to do these things that people like. And then I'm going to put my best content within that within that framework. Uh, so yeah, people can complain and mope about that. But <laughs> I think if you want to be successful, if you believe in what you're doing, you're going to do what you can do to be successful. And so I have no problem with doing it. Uh, I love that attitude of, you know, if you want to be successful, do your work. Don't, don't waste your time attacking other people. And in fact, you came back with a response article that I thought was brilliant, but, um, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about that. You titled it Haters, and I, I think you begin it by saying you waited a little while to do this. Yeah. Um, I, honestly, I didn't even see the article that, that the man wrote, which was just a pure attack upon me. <laughs> I didn't see that until probably two weeks after it was published. Someone emailed me because uh, I guess it started to get a little bit of traction and just – he said, you know, I'm really sorry about the article that guy wrote about you. He had no – you know, he shouldn't have said that, and I was just like – I didn't see it. We sent me the link. <laughs> and so I, I got the link. I read it and uh, read through all the comments because there was probably 100 comments of people saying, you know, yeah, I hate that guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Lots of, lots of, and it was, it was kind of interesting. I mean, I will be honest. I, did, I mean, I didn't enjoy the experience. It's not like anyone wants to, you know, no one wants to read that. And I'm not so resilient to say that it didn't, didn't affect me. I mean, it did affect me, um, but I just decided to step away from it for a while talk to people about it, think about it. And uh, actually, to be honest with you, the main reason I wrote that article wasn't even actually to respond to the person who attacked me. My motivation for the article was actually to apologize because, uh, you know, I use it as a framework because I, I basically wanted to create a context where I could talk about the fact that I've made a ton of mistakes recently. Actually, I wrote an article on Jeff Goins' blog um, about how I use Medium to build, you know, twenty thousand subscribers. And in that article, I mentioned something I should not have written. Basically, I mentioned that I wrote for New York Observer for a few months and that the experience wasn't that successful. And I should not have written that. That was unnecessary. It was unprofessional, and really, it was just unneeded. Mm -hmm. um, and it kind of was ungrateful for. You know, I had an editor there who really helped me become a better writer, and I ended up having that edited out. But that was what I was processing for a long time was I don't want to ruin important relationships. And so, actually, the main reason I wrote that article was to apologize to the New York Observer, but I used the experience of the person attacking me to say, you know, I make mistakes all the time. I do stupid stuff. Someone else just recently did something stupid to me. And I, you know, I want to be the kind of person that says, if this guy really wants to talk to me, I'm open to talking to him. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I don't want to be on the ego side of this, you know, yeah. I'd, I'd rather be more more evolved and more conscious and be willing to have a conversation with this guy. And 
I hoped that the people at the New York Observer would understand my own shortcomings, and they actually did. Uh, after they read that article, I mean, <laughs> awesome. it, it really actually like mended those relationships. And so, I mean, it had its it had the desired effect. That's great. Well that's, done. <laughs> that's nice. Well, I, I think your your mentality of you know you put good out there and good comes and not all good comes back, but good comes back. And, and sometimes in different forms and different ways. And what was meant for bad turned out to be good for you and the New York Observer. And, you know, the, the humility thing to me is hilarious and reassuring for the future that someone your, your age gets that. You know, you can be outrageously successful and, and be, be humble at the same time, which is funny about the three guys that were mentioned in that article. I don't know any of them personally. And, uh, but they're they're pretty humble guys and in their own success. Maybe they haven't been their whole lives. I don't know, but they understand their successes because of relationships, not because of clicks or money or followers. It's relationships. A hundred percent. Yeah, I think I have made that mistake before, to be honest with you, where I threw someone under the bus mm-hmm. on an article. I got, I was I was allowed to be featured on a pretty big platform and I was and I essentially used it to rant on some people. <laughs> you know, that I was frustrated about and just killed some relationships. And, you know, it was immediate. I mean, it was immediately obvious to me after the fact that what I had done was extremely stupid. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then I I hated to catch myself even do it slightly again. And yeah, I think humility is essential. I think, I mean, for me, I don't know. I don't, quote unquote, success is you know, I want to, I want to achieve, I want to succeed, I want to do my best. But I feel like if I, if I just become this egotistical guy, then I've missed the point. Because for me, my success is ultimately who I become as a person. Right. It's who I develop into, it's who I become. It, And for me, I think my work comes from who I am. I am basically the product of my work. And so if I am not a good person, it doesn't really matter <laughs> what I'm doing. <laughs> that's, that's my own right. viewpoint. That's a great way to look at it. I think that's one of the important things in life that most people don't get until they're in their 30s or 40s or sometimes ever is we need you, the original you, the best you you can be. We don't need you to become a Tony Robbins or Seth Godin. We need the best Benjamin Hardy there is. And whatever impact that makes on the world was the intention. We don't need you to be a multi-billionaire. We don't need you to be broke. We just need you to be original. The uh, so I, I guess as we're we're kind of winding up on time, what's next for you? What besides the PhD? That's probably a little bit of work ahead of you, but <laughs> yeah, I should be done with my PhD in about two years from now. Um, and just to be transparent, my goal in between now and then is you know I want to get uh, you know I would love to get picked up by a big newer publisher. I'd love to you know I was taught by Jeff Goins and others to. You know, I could get a book deal right now, but with my current subscriber base, you know, I could get a pretty good book deal, but I've been taught to wait. I've been taught just, you know, hold off, be patient, don't be, don't get too impulsive here, wait, wait an extra year or two. And so my goal is to, before the end of this year, get up to 100,000 subscribers and then, you know, establish a relationship with a great agent, get a six-figure book deal. You know, I want to do that before I get my PhD. And then aside from that, you know, I, I would, I just want to 
for me, I just want to keep pushing myself. I want to, I actually, I had a really good idea recently uh, and I published an article on it and it was about the idea that I'm where I'm supposed to be right now. It's really easy to want to be at the next stage in life where either you're, you get that promotion, you finish your PhD, you get that book deal, you, you know, wherever it is you want to be, it's easy to want to be there instead of where you currently are. Mm -hmm. And uh, I kind of recently came to the realization that I need where I'm currently at to be successful where I want to be. I don't, I shouldn't skip the process. I need to actually go through this process. I need to enjoy this process. I need this process to I, I not I not only need to go through this process, I need this process to go through me. Um, and so I've kind of just embraced the fact of where I'm at. I'm a foster parent. It's very challenging. Uh, <laughs> it's humbling. And I need this challenging, humbling experience. I need the challenging, humbling experience of writing better articles and, you know, actually building a genuine subscriber base. I need the humbling, challenging experience of earning a PhD and learning what that actually takes. I need the humble. I, I basically just need... I need this time. And so for me, I guess a lot of it's just actually enjoying it, finding joy in the journey, <laughs> being where I'm at, and just letting it make me what it's intended to make me rather than just trying to get to the next step. And um, so, yeah, I mean, between now and when I finish my PhD in 2017, I'm pretty sure I'll probably write three or four more books, hopefully write a few hundred articles. I want to get on some big platforms. I'd love to. I'd love to get on big platforms I kind of just like challenging myself. And so, you know, I kind of like making it a game. And that's one of the things that the guy said was probably one of my flaws is that I, yeah. I make it a game. But, yeah, that's kind of what I'm trying to do. I, th I think the the only thing I would have to say to all of that is I lost a little respect for you because you have to be lying about your age. I have a 22-year-old <laughs> son and a 21-year-old son, and they're at least 30 years younger than you. Because <laughs> no, I say that all the time. is going Slipstream wormholes, man. He, he wrote a book about it. <laughs> exactly. Time hacks. That's what time I'm hacks. Thinking, is, is learn that the process is that that's the fun part. That's what you're trying to do. You don't want to – I hate it when I hear somebody say, oh, thank God it's Friday. It's like that's just one day closer to the end of your life. Enjoy Wednesday. You know, enjoy the process where you are right now is preparing you for the next level. So don't rush it. Enjoy it. Have goals and, and push yourself, but enjoy where you're at right now. Yeah, I call that process fermentation. Right now I'm fermenting. You know, it's like, uh, <laughs> um, you know, throughout history, human beings have made bread through fermentation. And, the, you know, it's all they do is mix flour, water, and it blends with air. And it takes several hours to grow and ferment. But, you know, in modern society, we've industrialized that. And we, you know, we put fake flour or sorry, fake yeast in it, just pop it, just blow it up. And we skip that fermenting process now. Yep. Uh, and I think that's what a lot of people do is they try to skip the process. They try to just get to the next place. They want to get to Friday. They want to get to retirement. They want to get to 100,000 subscribers. They don't want to ferment. And just and it's during that fermenting process actually that the chemicals, you know, they blend together, they change, it becomes a healthy, nutritious, organic product. And so for me, you know, I'm going through the chemical changes right now <laughs> in myself. And so for me, I just say I'm fermenting. That's, that's the process. That's in the spirit awesome. of uh, name dropping Jeff Coins. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, that was funny in my head. Um, <laughs> he had a book called The In-Between, and it, it, it sounds like you just described. You're, you're enjoying The In-Between. Uh, and at the same time, you're living through the book, Slipstream Time Hacks, or Time Hacking, because you're also accelerating a lot of those things that a lot of people will take a lifetime to do. That, that's your plan for the next two years. No, next year. 
Yeah, it's 2016 right now, right, guys? Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Got it. I think that if, you know, one of the most easy ways to quote unquote time hack is just remove, you know, remove everything that slows you down. I think mm-hmm. that I think that there's so much excess baggage that we hold on to that if we just let go of a lot of that stuff, you know, then we have the mental capacity to actually look for loopholes or wormholes. You know, we have the capacity to challenge ourselves to create relationships that will move us forward a decade in time, you know. And so, yeah, I think you can compress a lot of activity into a short period of time if you know where you want to go, if you know what you want to do, if you have good habits, you can do a lot in a year or two. And a lot of it is, like you said, let go of the things that are not productive. You know, we spend a lot of time blaming our past or, oh, I did this when I was in my 20s. I had this relationship or my parents were this. That is a lot of wasted time. Let it go. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like the idea that regret serves no purpose. You know, I mean, it's helpful in a moment to realize you made a mistake, but regretting something for a long period of time isn't serving anyone. Right. I, I love that fermentation uh, analogy, because if, if you do a little bit of research, minimum research, you'll find out there's no such thing as real bread anymore. It's all fake bread that's in the stores and all around. So if you're eating something with bread that you probably didn't make or you don't know who did, it's not real bread. It's some sort of fake thing that <laughs> industri- yeah, it's not industry created. <laughs> you just yeah, I'll it. send you a link of the article because I wrote a full-on article about fermentation. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, yes. Well, we'll wrap up here with, uh, we come up with a little strange question to throw at you to see. Uh, I think it's kind of interesting. And like, who would play you in the movie about your life? Who would play me? Yeah. Are you talking like a famous actor? Or what? Yeah. Like if you got to pick the actor, I got to play the movie that we're going to start filming tomorrow. Who do you want to play? You? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Jude Law. No kidding. Jude Law. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my heck. Hmm. We may have just stumped our first guest there. <laughs> I mean, my favorite actor is probably DiCaprio, but <laughs> he can he can do pretty much anything. That's um, <laughs> true. But I'm not saying I'm as cool as Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> I'm just saying he's my favorite. <laughs> I think that's um, a good analogy, though, because you you describe it's like challenging yourself. I think what's cool about Leo is, is he challenges himself where he could just go do about, you know, 10 movies a year and make a billion dollars. He challenges himself to go do something he's never done before. Plus he was in the movie Inception. (laughs) Sorry, what was that? (laughs) He was in the movie Inception. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I love Inception. (laughs) Yeah. That's like up there for me. Yeah. I, I would choose Leonardo DiCaprio simply because I, I fancy him. I think he's, I think he's fun to watch. (laughs) There you go. Well, you know, you could go a lot worse than him. I mean, he's, he's definitely at the top of his game right now. So I would say that's a good way to go. Well, thanks for joining us. Thanks for being on the podcast and uh, just thanks for writing and and just being you. I I think that uh, we need more people in the world that are just living their lives for themselves and not trying to please the masses or impress people and uh, just, you know, make a, make an original version of yourself. That's awesome. Thank you for appreciating it. It's uh, <laughs> it's nice to get a compliment after so much hatred. <laughs> it really is sometimes. It's, I mean, no, thank you. I'm, I'm honored to have been here. It means and, a lot. And what's thank the best way, questions. what's the best way for folks to follow you if they want to see more of your writing or some of your writing and uh, even download that cool book I've been talking about a couple of times, Slipstream Time Hacking. Yeah. Um, so you can just go to my website, benjaminhardy.com. 
you can subscribe to my blog. I usually send a newsletter out every two weeks with you know three to four articles. Uh, when you subscribe to the blog, you get that book for free. And I just barely gave away to all my subscribers another ebook about my writing process, how I you know got a bunch of subscribers in a short period of time. So yeah, if if you want, you can go on Medium and look at Benjamin Hardy. Uh, I'm there, and yeah, mostly just my blog, BenjaminHardy.com. <laughs> all right, awesome. And we'll we'll also put links to your website and to your page on Medium. Uh, on our show notes and so our listeners you can actually find those show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 031 because this is episode 31 and we want to thank you for joining us on this episode both Benjamin we thank you and you the listener for joining us and listening with us uh, it, the best way you can support this show is to share with a friend a family member who you think would be motivated and inspired by Benjamin's story subscribe to us on iTunes and of course rate us review us and uh, keep listening all right, Brandon, anything you want to say before we sign off? I think that was great. I, I, I love bringing original content and original people that you can learn from. So I really appreciate it. Ben. Oh, man, I love it. You know, the best thing I love about Capshow is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Capshowian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash Capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Capshow team today and join me inside that community.